0: That's the important part of this journey is how much God truly loves us and how much he truly cares for us. Amen. And so all month we've been talking about growing our faith, and so hopefully your faith is growing. Hopefully it's running off the charts. And that—that uh, that is the thing. I think the longer we serve God, the stronger our faith should be. Uh, we have should have settled this thing in our mind, and we know where we're headed. You know, when you look at Scripture, there's so many Scriptures that lays the foundation for us as as children of God, of things that will come against us, things that will happen. Uh, And so knowing these things in advance, we should prepare for these things. We should be ready for them so that when they come, we are not deterred. We don't lose our faith. We don't lose our hope. And I'm afraid that one of the biggest things that everybody is afraid of is dying. Well, you know you're going to die. If the Lord should tarry, we're going to all exit this place, you know. And so we should have that as one of the things we know is going to happen, you know. And it should not cause us to lose our faith, you know. If I believe the person has gone to a better place, then I should be rejoicing that they're gone to a better place. It doesn't mean that I don't miss the individual. That's why I think I need to, in my time, is build the relationship so that we have the the knowledge to be able to discuss things and talk about the good times and build memories of what is taking place. The things that are written before is written for our learning. You know, look at the legacy that they love us. Amen. The book of Hebrews says, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses... Let's lay aside every weight in the sin which those obeys to beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finish of our what? Faith. faith. Amen. We've got a cloud of witnesses. Everything you read in the Bible is a witness for you and I to build our faith, to be stronger so that we keep moving forth to that promise that he has prepared for us. Amen. And we see that Jesus in his training to his disciples, often they were placed in situations and circumstances to build and test and prove their faith. Your faith is, in order for it to grow, it's got to go through some things. It's got to be proven, and God is going to check it. So this is why sometimes I believe that we go through certain trials and certain tests, and I walk with God to prove our faith, to see And we're going to be able to stand firm and steadfast. Peter writing to the church in 1 Peter 4, he says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. He says, but rejoice in that you are becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. Because the spirit and glory of God rest upon you. On their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he's glorified. So we know some things are going to come. You know, Paul tells us that it's through much tribulation that we enter into the kingdom of heaven. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but out of them all, the Lord will deliver us. I've got to get my faith to a point to where I trust God. I've got to get myself to a point to where I as Isaiah said in 40:31 they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint and Paul tells us in Romans 12:3 that God has dealt to every one of us or to every man a measure of faith a metron of faith a portion of faith God gives every one of us a little bit of it so if you want to put it this way, he's given us a seed of faith, and so it's up to me now to develop that seed. If I just lay the seed up here on the on the organ, it ain't gonna do anything. I got to plant it. I got to sow it. I got to work it. I've got to cultivate it. I got to dung around it, if you want to put it that way, to cause it to to grow. Now in Luke eight, remember when Jesus was telling the parable about the sower, he said, A sower went forth to sow seed, and some of it fell by the wayside, some of it fell among the rocks, some of it fell among the thorns, and some of it fell upon good ground. When he explained to the disciples what he was talking about, he said, They that are the wayside are they that hear the word of God, but before it had time to take root, the devil comes, or the enemy comes, and still it. In other words, too many distractions, too many things distract you uh, from being able to get a hold of the Word of God or give the Word of God chance to grow in your life. Then he said, they that are on the rocks are they that receive the Word of God with joy. They're excited. You know, I like to always liken these to... People that goes to a conference, a good conference, and, man, they just run and they shout, they leap, they jump, they have a great time, you know. They're overjoyed with the conference and the preaching and the teaching, but then they come home and they have a trial, a circumstance, and they fall away. And that's what Jesus says, because they what? They have no root. See, that's why you got to plant the seed so it goes down the root goes down isn't it amazing that that root know which way to go you know, it knows it has to get down into the ground and get all the nutrients and everything else for that seed to grow you know but if you hit a rock what happens it turns up say and if there's something in there that you haven't gotten rid of maybe some bitterness maybe some disagreements Maybe some hardness of heart. Once it hit that portion, it's going to turn up. And when the heat and the fire trials come, you'll fall away. Then he says, they that among the thorns are they that hear the word of God. They receive it with joy, but they allow the cares and uh, pleasures of life to choke the word. And it becomes unfruitful. So, we have to realize we cannot allow cares of this life to stop us. And the more it seems that people are letting cares, things are coming in. You know, as we heard a few weeks ago when Brother Cox was, was preaching here, you know, he, he says, he stood and he drew a line and he says, you know, every day there's decisions that. They seem like the enemy is coming up with more stuff to throw at you to make you have to make a decision. You know, and if we make the right decision, wrong decision, we are in the valley of decisions every day, you know. And so we have to be aware of that, say, so that we don't allow the cares of this life to deter us from the things of God, say, because the enemy is going to do his part to try to bombard you with all kinds of things to pull you away, you know, from the house of God. As Daniel says in 725, he's going to wear out the saints of the Most High God. See, so you have to be aware of these things in advance so that you don't wait to the last minute to try to deal with these things There's preparation and you've got to build your faith. As we would look at Job, Job in Job chapter 1, the Bible says Job rose early and he sacrificed. Job built his relationship with God before things ever start happening in his life that went awry. You know, we got to realize that if things are going to come against me, I can't wait for them to come. i got to prepare. See? So I have to build up my faith now on my most Holy faith, amen. And so, with my measure, I have to put this measure into actions. I've got to put this measure into operation, amen. And so, if we know that faith comes by hearing, and it comes by hearing the Word of God, how much word do I want to hear throughout my course of the day? How much do I want to have my faith grow each day? You know, I can remember my wife. I think I told you the story. I planted a tomato plant one time, and you know, and I just had my tomato plant out there, and all of a sudden I looked around, and the plant was like this, you know. And I'm going, Whoa! What in the world is happening here? You know. And then the next thing I know is like this, you know, it's up here, and I looked at the stalk, and the stalk was about that big around, you know. I go, Man, this is a weird tomato because I've never seen no tomato plant that big before. Well, come to find out when the tomatoes started coming, they was coming like this and it was busting open. You know, and I'm asked, and I'm trying to figure out what was going on. Well, she was putting miracle grow on her flowers and it, it was, the wind was blowing it over to the tomato plant. You know, and so, and as a result, it was getting miracle grow. <laughs> you know, and so I'm trying to figure out what was going on with the tomato plant. Well, it got bigger and bigger. Well, it's the same with our faith. You know, if we want strong faith, then we need to add something to it. Say, and that's why Peter in 1st, 2nd Peter 1, 5, he says, add to your faith virtue. We got to have moral excellency in our lives. When we become born again, the first thing we have to start looking at is how to be right and to live righteous. Those are the things we need to start learning. A lot of times our error and our fallacy is that we try to do other things before we get it in order. Say, if I'm not doing right and I'm trying to live holy and everything else, it ain't going to work. Say, my first responsibility is to learn how to do what is right. Say, I got to learn how to love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength in order for my faith to grow in God. I've got to learn how to be right and to do right. And then he says you add more excellence, and then he says you add knowledge. See, now I need to have spiritual knowledge. Why do I do what I do what I do? There's Christians and people that's been in the church all their life, and they don't have a clue who Jesus is. Those people, if you called on them to stand up in church and says, tell me five scriptures that prove that Jesus was God, 95% of the people cannot do it. If you tell 95% of the people that say they are born again to stand up and say, tell me your church doctrine, they will have no clue what the church believes and what the church stands for. This is mean line Christianity across the board. And that's why the enemy wreaks such havoc in churches is because, as Paul says, they're ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Say, we've got to have the knowledge to know what we're doing, what we're doing. Because if I don't know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, my faith is, is not going to grow because the enemy is going to trip me. He's going to set a snare and as a result, when I can't explain it, you know what is going to happen? He's going to ride you back. He's going to say to you, see, you don't even know what you believe. You don't even know what you stand for. You don't even know the word of God. And what happens? He takes the wind out of your cell. Say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Respect and reverence for God is always the beginning of knowledge. Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty four, some have not the knowledge of Christ, and I speak that to your shame. See, we if we say we are born again, we're supposed to have the knowledge of God. Say, we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need if not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See. I've got to know what I believe. I've got to know what I stand for. I've got to be able to explain it, say, with confidence, say. And that's why when you look at the early church, after they received the Holy Ghost, notice, they were what? Bold. Say, they took notice of them, what? That they had been with Jesus, Today, you can't hardly tell who's been with Jesus and who hasn't been with Jesus. And as Paul says, I speak that to your shame. See, there's people that say they're Christians, but they allow so many cares of this life to pull them away from the things of God. Because their faith is not settled. Their faith is not rooted and grounded. In God. And then Paul goes on and he says, Add to knowledge. You know, knowledge is power. <laughs> you know, it, 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 once you have it, you, you, it do not leave you. Say, and then he says, Add to knowledge temperance, say, self control, self governing, knowing who you are, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses knowing how to control yourself so that you don't get ahead of God. Say, you have to learn how to wait on God. See, people are in debt. People are in problem. People are in jail because they don't have any self-control. Say, if you have faith, then you learn how to wait. What is God trying to Show me in this circumstance that I'm in? What is God trying to teach me in the circumstance that I'm in? Isn't it amazing? You ever read Acts chapter 12 and you notice when Herod is chopped off James' head? You know, what is going on with Peter? He's laying in jail sleeping. (laughs) Does it seem like he's worried? Not one bit. You know, I read one commentary says because God had already told him you ain't gonna die till you're old, <laughs> and Peter's still young, <laughs> so he said, don't need me worrying about this." <laughs> you know, <laughs> God then told me, so he was trusting in God. You know, I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I read. You know, so but his faith seems to have their faith. There's something about their faith that seemed to have elevated. See, and it seemed like after they received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, it would seem like it just all of a sudden what they had learned and what they had heard now quickly became to fruition and they was willing to turn their world upside down. They did not consider their lives their own. They they didn't seem to care. Their mission, they seemed to, was to spread the gospel. They was beaten, and what did they say? It's, it's better we obey God than man. What about us? You know, somebody tell you, okay, you've got to work Sunday. Well, what if God said, go to church? What are you going to do? <laughs> you know, who are you going to obey? You know, if Somebody says, don't teach this. You know, who are you going to obey? God or man? So you got to solidify your faith. You got to, as Jesus told the disciples, he said, you need to settle this stuff in your mind. He says, you're going to be hated by men, family, brothers, sisters. You know, these things are going to come. Persecutions are going to come. You know, he says, so settle it in your mind. So we've got to add some self-control to our lives and some patience. Jesus tells us uh, in, in uh, Luke twelve thirty-two. he says, in your patience, I meant not twelve thirty-two. 32, uh, he says, but in your patience possess you your soul. Amen. It's, it's 19, 21. Amen. I think it is. In your patience possess you your soul. Amen. So we've got to get it together. Learn to wait on God. That's what faith does. That's how faith helps us to wait and to believe God. So we add temperance. We add patience. We add godliness. Amen. Holiness. Devout. Amen. We add these things God likeness, character of God to our lives. We separate from the world and we set ourselves unto God. See? Godliness and then godliness, brotherly kindness. Learn to be kind one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. See, if I have faith in God, I've got to learn how to forgive. See, I can't walk around holding grudges, because if I walk around holding grudges, what is that going to be? It's going to be a rock, and the Word can't get through. My faith can't grow, because things can't get through to to where it needs to get. God wants a tender heart. He wants a pure heart, so that everything can grow. See, faith is part of the fruit of the Spirit, and all this stuff has got to grow, so that we're going to be like Him. And then to our brotherly kindness, charity. Notice where charity falls. Love falls on the end. Because God is love. See? Because if I don't do all the other things in advance, my love for God ain't going to be strong. See? And God wants us to love Him, to trust Him, to obey him. So faith comes by hearing and it comes by hearing the word of God. And so we don't want anything to choke the word of God out of us. Notice what Psalms 13 a couple of times. Psalms 13. The Psalmist said, "Lord, how long?" Go to Psalms 13 real quick. You there? How long would thou forget me? You feel like you've forgotten? (laughs) Does it seem like his faith is wavering here? He says, Lord, how long would thou forget me? Forever? How long would thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten, lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against them. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice, and thy salvation I will sing unto the Lord because he have dealt bountifully with me. Now notice he starts out asking God how long am I have to go through some things? But something inside of him realize where his answer is, rejoicing. Say, if he's given me a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, then I've got to learn how to rejoice in my tribulations. I've got to learn how to rejoice in my trials and the things that I go through because my faith is attached here. Say when I'm rejoicing in the Lord, no matter what I'm going through, amen, I don't let it deter me and my faith gets stronger. My faith becomes more solidified in God because I can still rejoice. I know it's not about me, it's about Him. I know what the Scripture says. Amen. That they that wait upon the Lord. Amen. Amen. Call out to God. Amen. If He's given me a garment to praise for heaviness, then I need to use it. Amen. The enemy don't want you to use your faith. He don't want you to trust God. Say, because He knows that if you build your faith, His power over you is broken. That's why Jesus says, Simon, Simon, I think it's Luke 22, 31 to 32. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you like wheat. He says, but I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not. And when you are converted, you strengthen the brethren. He says, Satan wants you. He wants to sift you in a sifter. Amen. He said, but I've already prayed for you that your faith would not fail. See? So no matter what you go through, Jesus has already prayed for you. Say, he has prayed that your faith will not fail. That's why in John seventeen twenty he says, Neither do I pray for these only, talking about his disciples. He says, I'm praying for all them that will believe on me through their word. And we have heard the word of God. It's it's been processed down through the ages. You and I have now heard it. Jesus has already prayed for us over 2,000 years ago that our faith would not fail. So therefore, we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And we have the responsibility to do what? Strengthen the brethren. I am to build you up. You are to build me up. We are to encourage one another in the word of God. We are to not let any fall, let any be by the wayside. Amen. We have to do the things to edify. We got to build up the body of Christ. We got to strengthen the body of Christ. Amen. So let's do what God is asking us to do. Rejoice. Get in the habit of rejoicing. Get in the habit of expectation. Amen. If your faith, if you don't have faith, you don't have any expectation. When you walk through these doors on Sunday morning, do you feel, do you come with expected that all the pews are going to be full? Or do you just walk through the door and say, well, it'll be pastor, maybe, sister Parker, maybe, a few here, a few there. What's your expectation? You know, every time you come to church, you come with expectancy. Expectancy is the birth of the miraculous. If we never expect anything, you ain't gonna get it. See? We all gotta have expectancy. When I pray, I have to believe that it's gonna happen. I don't have I don't put it on my timeline, I put it on his timeline. Amen. As we saw in Acts twelve, here's the church praying for Peter. And then he gets out of jail and they don't even believe it's him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See? Therefore, Peter says, in, I mean, Paul says in Romans 5 Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And not only so, but we have access unto the grace of God wherein we stand. And we rejoice. Amen. In tribulations. Knowing what? Tribulations with patience. So if I'm going to add my patience, I got to go through some tribulations. And your patience possesses you, your soul. Amen. Tribulation, where patience, patience give me experience, experience give me hope, and hope make me not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. See, so we have to realize these things. Go to, you know, Second uh, Corinthians seven, or uh, twelve, excuse me, Second Corinthians twelve, verse seven. A familiar passage of Scripture. You guys probably quote it by heart. 2 Corinthians 12. Unless I should be exalted upon measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to, what? Buffet me, lest I should be exalted upon measure. And Paul goes on here and said, For this thing I besought the Lord three times or thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Notice that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. <laughs> Do you take pleasure in your infirmities? Hmm. In your reproaches? In your necessities? In your persecutions? In your distresses? Do you take pleasure in these things? For Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. Say, fret not, little flock. Fear not. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See? You know these things are going to happen. So don't think it strange. When it starts happening. happen, rejoice. Don't lose your faith. That's why Jesus is asking the disciples, Why is it you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? You've got to believe that everything God said that he would do, he will do. What is Hebrews 6 says? When God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, said, surely, bless and I will bless you, and multiply and I will multiply you. And so after he what? Patiently endured, he received the promise. So we got to build our patience. we got to learn how to wait. Say, I've got to strengthen my faith while I'm waiting. Do you think Job would have been easily persuaded if he hadn't strengthened his faith? That's why when you start out with chapter 1 of Job, the Bible says he was an upright and perfect man and one that feared God. And notice what he did. He sacrificed daily. In other words, Job had a daily devotion time and prayer time to God for himself and his family. All those years he prepared, and when the troubles hit him, it didn't shake him as, as some people would be shaken. He says, the things which I greatly feared has come upon me. He says, I was not in safety. I had not rest and trouble come. Because when you look at Job's life, Job was helping other people that was going through things. You know, I I tell you, every time I walk in the hospital and pray for somebody, or I go do a funeral or whatever, I will tell you, it touches my mind. Because I always have to ask myself, what would I do if I was on the other side? So I prepare for it one of the ways I prepared for it is I always tell my family, don't you love me more than God, because I'm not going to love you more than God. Yeah, it'll hurt if I lose a family member, but it's not going to shake my faith with God. You know, if I lose everything I got, yeah, it may hurt a little bit, but it's not going to shake my faith with God, because I've already settled that in my mind. I've already told God that. Uh, if he chose to put me to the test, then he just put me to the test. See, I, I've already settled that piece in my mind. And that's what we got to do. That's why I try to have a daily devotion. That's why I have to, you know, daily pray. That's why I had to daily read my word. That's why I daily memorize the word of God. You know, so that when things hit, you know, I have some scripture to be able to back up. What God says. You know, if you look at Jehoshaphat, when they told him in Second Chronicles 20, they says, you know, Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir is coming out against you. And what did he do? He went straight to the house of God. And he ordered a, a prayer meeting. See, because Jehoshaphat was standing there when Solomon knelt down and dedicated that temple. And what Solomon had said when he dedicated that temple. And so, and as a result, all he was doing was just reminding God what God had said. And as a result, when it was all said and done, the Lord spoke to, through the prophet there, and says, The battle is not yours, it's mine. You know, God says, You really want to see what's going to go on? Go on, sit down on the side, observe the battle. Man, you don't think they're strengthening his faith? you know God says, it's not your battle, it's my battle. Just go sit down and observe what will what's going to transpire here. you know, and what did Joseph have that do? He got up next morning and says, "Okay, choir, let's go sing. You know, you don't think you'll confound the enemy when the choirs coming out singing before the army? You know, usually they rejoice after the battle, you know, but he put the choir in front. And they came out singing praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. And as they began to sing and praise what scripture says, God sent an ambushment. And it took them four days to clean up the battlefield and they never raised one hand. Because the battle was not ours. It's the Lord's. He fights our battles. He goes before us. He knows the things we have need of before we ask. His grace is sufficient. For our strength is made perfect in weakness. Because I trust God. I believe God. Amen. When I don't have the strength, He tells me what to do. Amen. He gives strength to me as I worship Him. Notice what Peter tells us. Go to First Peter chapter 1. Starting with verse uh, 7. I meant 6. Start with verse 6. First Peter chapter 1 verse 6. Peter says, We're in greatly rejoiced though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness through the manifold temptations. All these temptations are coming against you. He says that the trial of your faith or your testing, your proving of your faith being much more precious than than of gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be founded to the praise and the honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. See, this is why Jesus asked, you know, he told this story about the man that didn't have any bread, you know, and he went and says, hey, I got a guy. He says, how much more would the Lord, you know, Answer that, you know. And then the woman that went to the unjust judge, remember that story in the Bible? And she kept nagging him and nagging him and nagging him. And what happened? He avenged her of her adversaries. And Jesus says, when the Son of Man come, will he find the same kind of faith on earth? You know, are you going to keep nagging God? and <laughs> Are you going to keep believing him? Are you going to keep trusting him? Are you going to keep taking it to the Lord? You know, the old, old southern song says, take your burden to Jesus, your burdens he'll bear. Tell him your sorrows, your sorrows he'll share. He's waiting just to bless you with an outstretched hand. Tell him your sorrows, oh yeah, he'll understand. You know that song, right? <laughs> Amen. So so notice what Peter says, at the appearing of God, Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not you believe, You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. See, your faith is attached to your salvation. That's why he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He can write us in the story or he can erase us out. I want him to write me in. That he was faithful to the end. That's why Scripture says, he that endured to the end will be saved. You've got to have faith to endure to the end. You've got to keep pushing on. You have to believe that you can make it all the way. As I told you, your your physical is only going to carry you as far as your mental will let you. Say. So you have to push yourself. I can do it. I can make it. I can make it. I can make it. I can do it. So Peter says your faith, the trial or the testing or the proving of your faith is more precious than gold. That's what James says in James 1. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation. Knowing this, that the trying or the proving or the testing of your faith, amen, is worth a whole lot more as well. Look at James 1. my bro- James 1 verse 2. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her, what? Perfect works, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But how does he ask? But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like the waves of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. See, you've got to keep your mind stayed on Christ. That's why Isaiah 26.3 says, Amen. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon Him, because you trust in Him. Trust in the Lord forever, because the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength, or saving strength. So the trial or the testing of your faith. That's why when you look at John 6, the Bible says that Jesus came out of the mountains, and He saw the multitude, and He was moved with compassion. And He said to Philip, where are we going to get bread that we may feed all of these? And the Bible says he did that to prove him or to test him. Because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. See? So we have to realize that sometimes we're going to get tested and our faith. God already knows what he's going to do. say. See? But he wants to see what we're gonna do. Are we gonna throw in the towel or are we gonna keep fighting until the end? It's the trying, the testing, the proving of our faith that worketh patience. Amen. We can make this thing. So the faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you like wisdom how to do this thing, what would he say? Ask pastor, right? He says, no, you ask God. He will give you the wisdom of how to do it and what to do. And once you have the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding, you won't forget it. Sometimes you've got to repeat the same test. Twice. Anybody ever fail a test? And they gave it to you again, didn't they? Yeah. Especially if you failed the first driver's test. Anybody ever failed the first driver's test? You had to go through it again, right? In Texas, they only ask you one question. Can you see, right? <laughs> i just messed with you, Kate Say again. You have you pass. <laughs> but sometimes we have to go through things twice. Now, how many times do you see in Scripture that the disciples in the middle of the Galilean Sea? You know? You, you, you see it throughout the Gospels. They're constantly in the middle of the sea, having to deal with some situations, to get fear out of them to where they believe and trust God. Say, And so therefore, we will go through some things too. How would you like to have been Paul Acts 14? Man, you get your head rocked with some rocks. You know, they take him to the end of the mountain, drop him, leave him for dead. And what did the guy do? He gets right back up and go back and preach again. You know, that's faith. He says, none of this stuff moved me. I don't count my life dear to me that I might finish my course in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the grace of the gospel of God. Sometimes you might get rocked, persecuted, talked about. Blessed are you, Jesus says in Matthew 5, when all these things come against you. Rejoice because yours is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. No, I'm not saying just go and sign up for 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 persecution and sign up to be rocked upside your head. No, I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. But if these things come, then we should have the faith to stand strong in Christ and to stand, you know. Think about a few years ago with Kim Davis in Kentucky, you know. Look how much persecution and things she went through. But she held to her faith. She held to her beliefs. She didn't give up. She stood firm. See? She was tested. You don't think her faith is not probably running off the charts? You know? Because she saw what God did. See? We have, to, we have to realize. Think about the stories that some missionaries come through and tell. You know, think about the things they, they share of what God is doing. Why? To build our faith. To trust God. To believe God. Why is it called faith promise? We trust in God. Amen. You want your faith to be built. Trust God. Let him work. You know, that's why I say when, when we're having faith, promise, service, if God gives you a number to pledge, pledge it. It's between you and him. You know, and if it comes in, you turn it in, and it's going to increase your faith. I've seen it done so many times in my life. God cannot lie. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. So, we got to learn how to trust God, believe God. Amen. So, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We're going to be tested. Amen. And our walk. So, get used to it. We need to have a constant self examination. Amen. Of ourselves. Examine yourself. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 13. Prove your own self. Amen. Examine yourself to see if what? If you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know you're not. Your own self, how the Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. But you're not a reprobate. Amen. You're good. You're good in Christ. Amen. So put yourself to the test sometime. Make some, make some goals and, and test yourself in your faith. You come up with them. You know, some areas you may be struggling with in your life. You know, make yourself some goals and say, okay, I'm going to start doing this. I'm, I'm not going to give up, no matter, you know, what comes my way. I'm I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold on. You know, and see what God will do. See what the end state will be. And see, doesn't it improve your faith? Encourage your faith. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The Bible goes on in, in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. Notice. It says Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he received testimony that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift, and by them he being dead yet speaketh. Now look at Enoch. Enoch walked with God three hundred years. You know he was sixty years old when, when God got a hold of him, and he died when he was three hundred and sixty. Okay. Somewhere in there, you know, he was a lot older than that. <laughs> but but he it translated. He walked with God over 300 years, and it was not because God translated him. But before his translation, what happened? He had this testimony. He pleased God. What is the purpose of this church? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Say, does our life please God? I hope it does. Because if not, you're not going to get translated out of here. Say, we got to have a life well pleasing to him. And that's what God wants. So Enoch walked with God. He kept the faith for over 300 years, walking with God. Because without faith it's impossible to please him, but him that come to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being one of God, of things not seen, move with faith, prepare the ark to the saving of his house, condemning the world. You know? Of which he became the heirs of righteousness, which is by faith. Noah had never seen rain before, as far as we can tell. God told him to do something. What'd he do? He did it. By calculation, he was building it for a hundred years. Bible says he was 500 when God called him. He was 600 when the the other piece happened. So that's a hundred years all day long. The way I count. So he has a hundred years to get it right. And how many people got saved? Eight. Man, you would have thought at least a few more would have been saved. Eight souls were saved by water. We're in baptism, doth now save us. Uh, Eight souls. He moved with fear, prepared an ark. What are you building to get out of here? Yeah. By faith. Abraham, when he was called of God to go into a place that after he would receive a heritage, went out and didn't even know where he was going. Think about it. God says, leave home. Okay, I'm out of here. The Bible says he sojourned in the land of promise, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. Looking for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. They just wandered around. God says, I'm going to give it. They just kept walking. Through faith, Sarah, all Sarah herself, received strength to conceive seed when she was past age. Why? Because she judged him faithful that promised. Therefore sprang forth even as one, and he being good as dead, as many as the stars in the sky, and multitude, and sand by the seashore, and number these all died, having not received in the promise They haven't received them afar off, seen them afar off, and persuaded of them, and they embraced them. They declared they were strangers and what? Pilgrims in the earth. And they that say such things declare plainly that they seek for a country. But if they had been mindful of that country from which they had came out of, they may have had opportunity to go back in that country. But now they seek for a better country. That is the heavenly, where God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He's prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried or tested, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac shall thy seed be called. And then counting that God was able to raise him from the dead, from which he had received him in a figure. He was a figure of Jesus Christ. Amen. By faith. By faith. Isaac. Bless both Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. Worship, leaning on his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention, amen, of the departure of the children from Egypt. And what did he do? He gave commandment concerning his bones. Joseph said, don't you leave my bones here. Think about it. He told them, God is coming to get you. So when you go out, you take my bones with you. And when you look at them in the wilderness, do you know how far they carried those bones? Forty years in the wilderness, and then they get into the promised land, and Joshua finally buried Joseph's bones in the promised land. Think about it. They had faith. Wow! <laughs> they took care of carrying the bones, but they brought him out. Yes, Think about it. You know, by faith, Moses when he was born. What does it say? His parents hid him for three months because they saw he was a prophet's child, not fearing the king's commands. A faith, Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choose a brother to suffer afflictions of the people of God to endure the pleasures of sin for a season, for he had respect to the recompense of the reward. See, think about it. They kept the Passover, sprinkling the blood. All this, that whole chapter is all about faith. Rahab. You know, think about Rahab. She received the spies in peace. She had faith. When, when you read the story, I'm sure you already read it. You read your Bible through this year. What she say to the spies? Where you guys been? <laughs> we heard about what you did before you ever left Egypt. Where you been? You're supposed to have been here. We knew you was coming. She had faith. You know, <laughs> think about, you know, my faith. The walls of Jericho fell down after they passed by but seven days and what does he say what more should I say for the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Japheth and Samson and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness received promise stopped the mouths of lions amen quenched the violence of fire amen except the edge of the sword out of weakness was made strong Put the flight, wax violent in flight. Put the flight, the armies of the aliens. Women receiving their dead to life again. Others had, was tortured, not accepting delivered. They might accept, receive a better resurrection. Amen. Think about it. Others had trial of marking and scourging. They was in bonds and prison. They wandered around in goat skins and sheepskins. skins. Amen. Stone, sold as under. All these things they went to. Amen. Think about it. And they didn't even receive the promise. They just had faith. And the last scripture says, God having not provided something better for us. The day without us can't be made perfect. They are our cloud of witnesses. They had faith. They are our cloud of witnesses. So that we do not lose hope. Say. So that's why we have to surround ourselves with brothers and sisters of like precious faith. Say. You need to be with people that is going to build you up and encourage you and strengthen you. Amen. So you can make it all the way. Amen. Surround yourself with people like that. Amen. So that you can be encouraged and edified and lifted up day by day. Take up your cross daily and follow him. Amen. Walk with compassion. Walk with resistance to temptation and evil. Be obedient to the things of God. Submit yourselves to the things of God. And serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. Praise God. So let's grow our faith. But well, after this month, let's, let's take it to another level. Set yourself some goals. How are you going to grow? Purpose in your heart. I'm going to be at every church service. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to, when I'm driving my car, I'm going to have some messages and things that, that I listen to of good, good gospel music, or wholesome music, and, you know, the word of God, some good preaching, and things of that nature to build your faith. Amen. Because you want to be like those that has gone before you. Amen. Praise God. Any questions? Nope? Okay.